Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hey everybody, welcome in to the Dublin to Denver podcast on the Mile High Report Podcast Network. Michael McQuaid here, joined by Colin Cronin, Stuart Roach. We have a special guest and we'll introduce him in, the, in a minute. Uh, first off, the Broncos beat the Jaguars 23-13, moved to 2-0 in the season with a game against the Jets coming up this weekend. Uh, first game of the season at Mile High. Uh, Broncos have a winning record, uh, 2-0, unbeaten. Not too many unbeaten teams left. Let's first of all bring in the, the lads. Colm, welcome into the show, man. How are you? How's it going, Michael? As you said, uh, you know, you wait so long for a September win and then two come along at once and potentially three, but we'll get into that a little bit later on. <laughs> Stuart, all good? All good, Michael. Yeah, yeah, this is a uh, very, uh, we're, we're not used to the... Uh... The heady air up here it's uh we're in uncharted waters for for quite some time look you know as we said a few weeks ago we've been kind of beating this drum and in fairness i think it's been kind of come to pass we we had to win the first two games we have to win the next game as well given the meat of the schedule which is to come there are obviously far greater tests ahead uh however the old cliche you know is a cliche because there's there's truth to it you can only beat what's in front of you um and the broncos have done that and they've done that comfortably enough up to this point so you know hopefully it'll continue but there are far sterner tests uh, not too too far away yes sir uh delighted to be joined by i think it's, yeah it's our first ever guest on this podcast that's a complete lie it's our second guest on the podcast oh my <laughs> oh, god michael Christina, said, sir. oh i that is michael say saying that i can't believe you've done that i know he, I know, should, he I should get know. the gang together get romy get ryan green and they should come and beat you up for that one 
Well, there we go. I'm Michael Spencer. I publicly apologize to you on this podcast, but delighted to be joined by, I want to say, our boss uh, from Mile High Report. Also, Colorado play as well. Uh, play, play Colorado. Ian Sinclair. Ian, a very warm welcome to the show, man. Thank you guys for having me on. I To be uh, called your boss, I wouldn't go that far. I'm, I, I'm just glad to have you guys on the <laughs> MHR podcast network and as always i think this is going to be great crack especially since the broncos are 2-0 and about to be hopefully 3-0 2-0 2-0 and yeah it's great crack and we really appreciate the opportunities valley and i know i think we're going to try and get adam on next week and and sit and see what he thinks of the of the season hopefully by then we'll we'll be free you know let's jump around lads and see what we thought of the game so obviously winning against the jaguars colin we were at a meetup in dublin for the nfl the game was that important that it wasn't being shown in the bar and every other game was. Were you happy that we didn't see it because, you know, the nerves and stuff? Or did you watch it back uh, and just be excited from, I guess, what, 23 points? Good offensive performance. Literally the only game that wasn't shown in the bar last uh, weekend was the Broncos-Jaguars because everyone knew that it was a, a foregone uh conclusion and and so uh you know it proved i I suppose look there there are very pleasing things for it we we've gone so long as we talked about to get that win in september now we have two of them um teddy continues to to look um you know and his conclusions are really good he looks better than expected and um it was great to see Cortland sutton back as well there, there certainly are concerns. Um, Teddy is, uh, from what I can see, the third most pressurized QB in the league, which you can get away with against the the Giants and the Jags and undoubtedly the Jets, but that's not sustainable long-term. Um, and we also got to see Tom McMahon's special teams unit in action. The man who ran the world's worst play, if you haven't seen, if there are listeners who haven't seen what the Colts did against the Patriots uh, a few years ago, go to YouTube and just enjoy that special, special video. Um, but he continues, he remains in a job. Um, I, I'm, I'm amazed. I, I rarely have seen such levels of incompetence. Um, but look, the, the Broncos are, are 2-0. And we will probably delve a little bit more into it. I'm sure uh, Stuart and Ian have their own thoughts on the game as well. You're on mute, Mick. I'm not going to edit that. That's just my second worst thing that's happened in this podcast so far. Stuart, I was saying while I was on mute there, uh, we were editing or doing a live record of the podcast when our soccer team got beaten by a team called Young Boys last week. There was plenty of young boys on the field for the Broncos on, on Sunday for us on the offense. Uh, how impressed were you with that win on Sunday? It, it was okay. It was okay. Um, I mean, the Jaguars are a, a train wreck, uh, which is no surprise considering who their head coach is. Um, look, to be honest, you know, you just have to look at the rankings at the moment. And in fairness, it's good to see the Broncos are now certainly in the 
in the, the one to 16 rankings when you've kind of just been sort of your eyes are immediately drawn to like 20 to 32 um, for the last three or four years. Uh, so it's pleasant to see that teams we've beaten are all they're 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 in the basement for a reason. They're, they're, they're terrible. Um, so, you know, I, I think with this, there's caveats all over the place. The Jags don't have anything. They have Robinson. I think uh, Marvin Jones. You know, he's the only wide receiver. They, they don't have a lot. They haven't done a lot to help their young quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, who, you know, we, we've all been talking about for quite some time. is going to be a superb player, but they're not doing much to help him. Their offensive line is pretty ordinary. Um, it was a it was a kind of a tighter game than it ought to have been up to half time, And then the Broncos pulled away. Um, I thought the defense looked very, very good. I mean, Vic Fangio um, has himself and Belichick's defense seemed to just cause havoc for rookie QBs. Um, we saw lots of evidence of that. Trevor Lawrence was making crazy throws and making very poor decisions. We're probably going to see the same with Zach Wilson on Sunday because the Jets are going to make the Jags look like the the 80s 49ers in comparison. We want to see a real train wreck tune in on Sunday. Um, so, you know, it was fine. My, my thing is I'm, I'm beginning to think that the offensive line may not be as improved as we've been led to believe. As Colin was saying, there's a huge amount of pressure on Bridgewater. Also, I don't think we're running the ball very well. Um, I don't think we've won the ball. I think Melvin Gordon's long touchdown run glossed over our inability to run the ball against the Giants. We didn't run the ball well against the Jaguars. They're the kind of things that we're going to need to improve on when we get into the into the into the real, you know, the, the, the difficult parts of the season against the Steelers, against the Chiefs, the Raiders, those kind of teams. And um, but look, as I said at the start, you can only beat what's in front of you. We've done that. Teddy's looked good. You're going to be playing much better teams soon, but you will have a head of steam and you've got some confidence going into those games. So I think that's what you need to take to take from it. You take care of business. You know, um, I think we've seen, hopefully, that uh, the Broncos, apart from special teams, now look like a well-drilled, well-coached unit. They're not making stupid mistakes. They're not shooting themselves in the foot, which is what we've been doing for years. So I think that's to me, was the most pleasing thing. We, we took care of business the way we should have. So there's room for improvement, but look, they're, they're doing what they need to do up to this point. Ian, I'll be the first person to say I was wrong with Teddy Bridgewater, but look, two, two games in, uh, steady Teddy. The offense is looking good. We've, we've got the expected victories. Uh, what's your recap in yourself? You know, obviously both in your role with Mile High Report, but also as a fan watching this team uh, the first two weeks of the season. So at, at Mile High Report, I'm basically just a columnist. Uh, I take care of like the staff preview. I'll do the winners and losers, which is always a a fun story to do. Um, not when you get players in the wrong category, however, because the community will be quick to point that out. Uh, um, but at, as for the first two games, I, I think you guys are right on the money. I They needed to win these two games. To do it in the fashion that they have, I think, sets them up with confidence now. Um, to be a franchise that has gone five straight seasons without the playoffs and four straight losing seasons, they needed to learn how to win football games again and to do it against teams that they should beat. And the, I, these weren't easy games because they did it in the respective teams' home openers. And especially against the Giants on the, the 20th anniversary of 9-11 was so much emotion in MetLife Stadium uh, the first time for Duval County to see Trevor Lawrence as the starting quarterback for the Jaguars. So there there was some um, hurdles to overcome, and I think they were able to do that. And I think that sets them up against the Giants, or against the Jets, rather, uh, in their home opener. I think there's going to be 
a lot of emotion and it's going to be really loud at mile high because it's the first time that mile high stadium will have full attendance since December 29th, 2019 against the Raiders. And there's actually a reason to celebrate and be a fan now to be excited, to be hopeful. So I think that's going to parlay itself into helping this team come out with even more emotion and be even better on Sunday against the Jets. I still think that there's some hurdles that they have to overcome. Stuart mentioned uh, running the football better. I, I think that they need to continue to do that because I do think the fact that they are fifth in the NFL right now in rushing has set up Teddy Bridgewater to be as successful as he has been because they've been able to utilize play action. And that allows Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant, Tim Patrick to get involved in the offense. So if they're able to do that and keep the Jets defense at bay, because they still have, I, I think they have a really good defense. Um, what they were able to do against the Panthers for most of the game in the opening Sunday and then against the Patriots, that's going to be something that the, the Broncos are going to have to overcome. But I, I think the way that they're setting it up to be potentially 3-0 and with the Ravens coming in into Denver, you can't ask for a better start. And I, I've been impressed with the way Teddy Bridgewater has been steady Teddy, but also the way that he's played. I've yeah, I've really enjoyed watching the team. And you know what? It's it's almost refreshing to see how he's come in and he's really balanced that offense. And it's just it's 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 great to obviously you're you're always excited to watch a Broncos game, but just now it's it's that, that feeling's back and there's that belief there if we can get this win this weekend, you know, you, you look to that Ravens game and, and you look at the possibilities and you know, Ian. I think for us, we know that whenever we're back on television over here at uh, 11 a.m. Mountain or, or 2 p.m. Mountain, that's when we've made it again. And, and I, I guess we'll see what happens. Colm, um, obviously, look, it's it's not all sunshine and roses. There are some injury issues. Obviously, Bradley Chubb and stuff at the minute. Is there anything that maybe strikes out to you in, in, in regards to that before we look ahead to the game this weekend? Just that it can't be unexpected right i if you go back to december 2019 and before we really knew that covid19 existed so a very different world but shelby harris gave a, a press conference where he talked about he'd never seen as many injuries as the broncos had at the time and then last season happened and now we're seeing it again so you begin to worry that it might be becoming a pattern and I do think with Chubb, look, Vaughn is back. Malik Reed had more sacks than Bradley Chubb. You never want to lose players and, and you never want players to be injured in any way, shape or form. It's it's the worst part of, of sport, of any sport, whenever anyone gets injured. Um, but there is definitely, it, it's been a theme for the Broncos now for, for three years. Malik Reed will come in and especially against the the Jets. Um, don't see that being an issue. I mean, this is the team that had um the, the most sacks allowed thus far uh, this this season. Um obviously uh, Josie Jewell going out as well, and you've got Jerry Judy on IR. Um that's the, so it, hopefully that's it, it, that's it with the major injuries. Look, I think when you when you talk to players, it's interesting because they'll tell you that you're almost always carrying something going into a game. So it, it depends. But, but we have seen kind of longer term injuries for the Broncos, and that's the, the concern. 
but it's the next man up mentality and it, it's taking advantage of the the opportunities and particularly given the number of players we have coming to the end of their contracts this might be an opportunity for some of the younger guys to stake a claim um to you know be be around next season and take over from from some of those guys Stuart, are are you concerned at all about injuries or are you just happy to keep going week to week as it goes at the minute? No, I, I would be concerned, Mick. Um, as I said, you know, I think, you know, Malik Reed has been a very good pickup. Um, you know, and he's continued on that tradition of undrafted free agents, college free agents making the team and having an impact on the team. And it's great to see, you know, but unfortunately, Bradley Chubb is, is he's, he's kind of, I don't know, Ian, you probably wouldn't remember. There was a guy called Owen Hargreaves who was a huge player for Manchester United. He was a brilliant player. Um, I'm not that old, Stuart. Like, instrumental, I, I would... <laughs> instrumental in winning the Champions League for Manchester United and then he never appeared for them again. Um, Bradley Chubb was, was picked fifth in the draft and you know he was picked ahead of Lamar Jackson and he was picked ahead of Josh Allen. And I think that's always going to be, you know, that should be etched on John Elway's <laughs> tombstone along with, you know, the drive and, and the helicopter play. Um, look, you can't go back in time. It was unfortunate, but um, somebody drafted that high and somebody who's clearly as talented as he is, is a huge loss. And it will only be felt as the weeks go on, you know, um, because as as we know from our, the most recent Super Bowl, the Broncos won Shaq Barrett, Shane Ray. They were your they were your third and fourth pass rushers behind Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware. So when they were needed a break, you could bring guys in and, Obviously, they're not going to be as good as the two starters, but the drop-off wasn't huge. Who's behind Malik Reed now if Bradley Chubb was out for any considerable amount of time? You know, these are these are rookies. These are, there's, there's not really much. Um, and don't forget, Vaughn came off a season-ending injury last year. So, you know, depth would be something of a concern. Um, you know, and, and I think you, you can't afford to lose another wide receiver. I think Tim Patrick is banged up. Maybe, Ian, you might be able to... Sort of, but from what I remember, Tim Patrick was banging up. So you down Jerry Judy. Cortland Sutton had a great game, but you know, it was the Jags. He 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 looked he looked good, but he still doesn't look like he's one hundred percent. Now eighty percent Cortland Sutton is still better than virtually you know all of the receivers in the league. But to me, he still looks like he's carrying something a little bit. I know there was some Twitter controversy about that. Um, but you know, so so you don't want them to be piling up this this early. Now, in fairness, you look at the weekend that's just gone, and I think something like six starting quarterbacks went down to sort of varying degrees of seriousness. So, in that regard, maybe we're we're lucky. But you you really don't want to lose too many more of your you know because the, the the strength of this team is clearly the defense. I know the offense has started well, and fair play to Teddy for playing as well as he has done. But the strength of this team really ought to be the defense that's where all the money's been put into it that's where a lot of recent draft capital's been put into it this year in particular so so it needs to be the strongest part and you can't keep losing good players and expect that's what happened to us last year now i do think the fact that the offense is playing complementary football and staying on the field a lot longer means that the defense isn't as gassed as it has been um, in recent years hopefully that will help i think you know you pick up injuries when you're tired a lot of the time um, but yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see us get a, a week or two clearer than now before we go into those big games. Do you agree with that, Ian? Yeah, I, I obviously you don't want to have injuries piling up. And I think the one that could potentially put the most stress on the defense, and Joe Rolls has pointed this out, he's another MHR staff member, is Josie Jewell. 
Uh, I mean, he was the play caller on defense, and to lose the signal caller, while it may not pop up against the Jets, against the Ravens, that's where it could potentially be an issue because we saw on Sunday Night Football how good the Ravens are running the football. Now, I don't know how how much of it is the Ravens are really good and how bad the Chiefs are against <laughs> running the football, but um, that's going to be an issue for the Broncos because I feel like that's been one of the things that they've struggled with, especially under Vic Fangio, stopping the run. And now that you have one of your better edge guys out, now you're going to have your middle linebacker out. That could be an issue heading into that week four game against Baltimore and going forward as, as Stewart and you guys have pointed out with the meat of the schedule coming up. Let's see what happens with the injury report on Wednesday because they haven't practiced Monday or Tuesday. So we'll see if Tim Patrick is included on the injury report. I don't think it should be an issue. I thought he looked, I thought he looked good against the Jaguars. I agree with Cortland Sutton, but I think the thing that will help with that game, getting nine catches for 159 yards is it gives him confidence. He being able to get back and and see that he can do it at a high level again, I think is huge for any level of athlete, but especially at the NFL level and someone as good as Cortland Sutton. So I I think they're in the right, they're in the right position. I I think I I don't even want to contemplate what we would be like right now if they were one and one or potentially 0 and two heading into the home opener against the Jets. And to give you an idea of how that week four game has already shifted, the spread opened as the Ravens plus three and a half. It's down to plus one and a half now. So the the Broncos are only a one and a half point underdog to the Ravens at home. Now we'll see what happens after Sunday, but I, I think they're in a good spot. I, I think they have set themselves up. Hopefully the injuries start to hamper down a little bit and they're, they're able to get Ronald Darby. They're able to get Jerry Judy back um, and they can, I think there's the pieces around Chubb and Jewel to lessen the stress on it with the secondary and, and the defensive line. Having Von Miller back looking like Von Miller is always going to help. But hopefully they're able to to limit the injuries going forward because the defense is going to be what carries this team. Yes, sir. It's, it's interesting to hear about the betting lines there as well. And I might have to give you a shout before week four and just for some advice there, Ian. Uh, let's, let's look ahead to week three. The Broncos go up against the... Yeah, just, yeah, very, just very quickly, like one of the things of it, like is the mentality in terms of injuries because the Ravens, right? As, as Ian said, the Ravens continue to run the ball really well. The Ravens lost their top three running backs. The Ravens played the Chiefs the other night and won having lost their number one cornerback, their top three running backs and missing one of their starting tackles. So the mentality that you got to bring in to the, the game when you're missing guys, that is enormously important. And that next man up mentality and Harbaugh just not allowing the team um, to have to feel sorry for itself in any ways. The Ravens are going to bring that attitude when, when they come to town. So we need to match that. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... 
To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Also as well, seeing the Chargers go to the Chiefs uh, this weekend, who knows what sort of state this division is going to be in come late Sunday night. Uh, let's look at Sunday night for us anyway, Sunday afternoon for, for Broncos fans in Denver. But uh, Broncos home opener against the, the Jets, full capacity for the first time in, in, in I guess, two years. Incredible to even think. I'm devastated, Colin, we're not going to be there. Uh, but at least we can actually go over to Denver now from November if Mr. Biden will let us in. That's all TBC. Who knows, Stuart? We can, we can maybe plan a trip, but uh, let's see. Um, Colm, what's your thoughts ahead of this game? And look, I, I'll ask you for your pick, but I can imagine what you're going to say. But, you know, why? Why do you think this might go well on Sunday? <laughs> well, we should offer up um, all sorts of praise to the scheduling gods because we could not have asked for an easier start. I mean... It, and it's it's got actually progressively easier uh, because the the jets just are a disaster. Um, now you you want to avoid the the banana skin, but even when we lost to the Giants a, a few years ago, they weren't as bad as this current Jets team are. Um, and yeah, they have Salah and they have pieces on defense, but most sacks allowed, league leaders in turnovers. Um, Zach Wilson threw four interceptions last week. Don't know if you've seen the video, but there are 12 year olds dissecting and mocking the Jets on TikTok, right? Pulling apart their plays, showing how their offensive line is a disaster. Much like the Giants, they just have guys tackling each other, looking at each other. Their tight ends don't know what's going on. They're wide receiver isn't even jumping for the ball and Zach Wilson is throwing to to the opposition for for the Jets I mean it's the nightmare to go up against a Vic Fangio defense because as Stuart said like Fangio and Belichick what they tend to do against the rookie QBs they don't blitz that much um I mean, I think Belichick waited until Sam Darnold was in year two before he had him seeing ghosts. But what they tend to do is a lot of disguises. Uh, and I think that you'll see that plenty at the, the weekend in order to confuse Zach Wilson. We heard Robert Salah come out this week and say he wants Wilson to, to learn how to be boring, uh, which is funny because that's what was said of Teddy all, all the time, you know, but you can see in some ways that the value of it just not. And that was Drew Locke's big issue was to keep going for the big play, to keep trying to force it in there when you're not Aaron Rodgers throwing to Tanyan. Like the, the window for everyone else is so tight that you're you're going to give it up. So um, to me, our, our, our defense is, is just going to do enough. And, and they just, the, the Jets don't have enough to, to trouble us as long as we show up. Um, and I think that's important. One of the things that, that is interesting, though, to note on, on our defense is that um, and this is where I, people get too hung up on rankings a little bit. And even team social media tend to share when they get graded high on PFF. Justin Simmons, who I am a huge admirer of both on and off the field. And Justin Simmons is one of the top safeties in the league. Currently, Justin Simmons is the second lowest ranked safety on PFF. 
Kareem Jackson is number three. Justin Simmons is 77 out of 79, which seems ridiculous to me. Um, but it kind of shows how subjective all of these things can be. In the same way that PFF graded the Broncos O-line really well at the weekend, which I think was a direct result of Cortland Sutton having a great game and the fact that, um, you know, he put up so many yards. But now Teddy was running for his life. This was, to me, I was it was like, going, wow, Teddy is doing his version of Mahomes in, in the Super Bowl. He's looking to, to get it out. Even, say, that lovely Tim Patrick touchdown, which is getting a lot of love from even Mina Kimes today, um, like Teddy takes that the hit, he gets a beautiful ball out to, to Tim Patrick, but he's being closed down. So um certainly for me the key to this be better on third down. You cannot go two of eleven again. Well, you probably can against the Jets, but you don't want to. Um so be better than that. And uh, you should win this comfortably. What I would like to see is we score more than 30 points, and I would like to see us be better on special teams. 40 points. No. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? I can see Ian's face light up over the computer. Ian, what's the handicap just before we go to Stuart? So the, the current spread is 10 and a half. Uh, Broncos are a 10 and a half point favorite. And as I told you guys, I never bet a half point. Just wait for it to drop down to 10. Because, I mean, it's more likely that they win by 10 than 14. So... I would wait for that half a point to drop. Um, what's interesting is it opened at five and a half. So that tells you how bad the, the Jets have been. Um, and I do think they get over 30. I think the reason they do is they get a defensive touchdown. I think for the first time since 2019, that seems to be the theme first time since 2019, because I think we're all just going to skip over 2020. Uh, that was the last time the Broncos had a defensive touchdown against the Texans. And I think they're going to be able to get that on Sunday against the Jets. Um, Colin has mentioned the turnovers. They've also given up a lot of sacks. Zach Wilson has been sacked 10 times already, and this is the best defense that they're going to face. I think Von Miller is going to have a day. Uh, Malik Reed could have a day. I would look for Shelby Harris and Draymond Jones to have themselves a day. The defense should be able to take care of this Jets offense. It's how the, the Broncos offense performs, and I, I I'd like to see them Protect a little bit better. The interior offensive line is going to be the key on that because they're going to be going against Quinn and Williams. If they're able to to get that interior set and get a push up the field in the run game and the and the passing game, that should help the Broncos be able to move the ball and get some big plays. I, I will say that while it, it it's been somewhat of a struggle for Teddy Bridgewater in terms of pass protection and running for his life. The fact that he started the way that he has with 592 yards, four touchdowns, and no picks, and I think aside from the no picks, the the stat that stands out to me is a 77.1 completion percentage. And on top of that, who knew that Teddy Bridgewater was a gunslinger? No quarterback in the NFL has attempted more throws over 20 yards this season than Teddy Bridgewater. I mean... (laughs) We were we were told that he couldn't throw deep and that he was boring, but apparently he's a gunslinger. I that should continue this weekend against the Jets. So it, it set up. I I don't know if if it stands at ten and a half if they cover. Uh, they probably will just because the Jets are that bad. Um, but I I do think it 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 should be a fun game. It should be um, 
a complete game. And I mean, the special teams can't get any worse. Although that's not a test. I don't, I don't want to say that. <laughs> yes, they, they can yeah, be worse. Which, I'm which just Tom saying, McMahon hopefully. Involved, like, yeah, that's, that, that is, that's quite the statement. <laughs> um, Colin, have you something to add there, man, just before we go to Stuart? Just, just like one of the things I think that's been very impressive about Teddy is how he has responded. So the the Giants um, basically kind of try to take away kind of the the deep ball, so he didn't go there on, unless it was very open. Whereas the Jags basically, I think, watched the Giants game, and because Urban appears to have the attention span of a toddler, went, "Oh, that's what I do. I'll try and take away the short game." And Teddy went, "Oh, that's fine. I can't throw it long. Watch me do it all day." And they never responded. Oh man, <laughs> I have to, uh, Ian. I have to agree on your point about Teddy being a gunslinger. Like some of the plays that man is going for, are class. like it's actually refreshing again to watch it. It just. I wish him nothing but the best, but the season for him, like I, I, I just think, what is his maximum potential this season, boys? I just, I, I'm so excited to watch it. Stuart, you, you've waited long enough to give me your thoughts on this game. Yeah, what's, what's I, your thoughts? Well, like to me, you just dispatch the Jets with the minimum of fuss, and you kind of keep your powder dry for the for the for the games that are going to come. You know, look, the thing about Teddy is fair play to him, and I think he's, he, to me, he looks like he's an extension of Shermer and an extension of Fangio in that he's decided he's not going to die wondering. Um, and you, you, you like to see that because, let's be honest, this is his fifth team, um, and there's a reason why it's his fifth team. Now, I think in fairness, a lot of that was because of that terrible injury, um, but there are other reasons. Let's not forget that the Panthers are paying him to not play for them. Um because they preferred Sam Darnold, who does look like a very good player as well. So there are reclamation projects in the NFL. Teddy's done everything he's asked of him so far. Let's not forget that he's played against two of the absolute worst teams in the NFL. Um, you know, and, and I don't want to be the one to bring it up, but I seem to have now adopted this position on um, on this podcast. Let's not forget how long, you know, it wasn't too long when, Trevor Simeon was being hailed as all sorts of things. And and if we want to go further back, let's not forget about Kyle Orton, who went 6-0 and and looked tremendous and then, you know, reverted to the norm. I don't think Teddy is going to go as badly as those two guys. But, you know, he's he's shredding teams he should be shredding. Let's come back and have a chat if he does it to the Ravens and let's come back and see if he does. That will make a believer of me when we come out of the other side of that because you've got Pittsburgh, you've got the Ravens, you've got Pittsburgh, you've got the Raiders. You know, if he if he can win two out of those three games, then suddenly we're in, we're we're into different territory. Um, but in regards to the Jets, Mick, try not to get any injuries. You know, whether we get 30, 40, it doesn't really matter. I think the important thing is to win and win comfortably. Um, because I think we're just a lot better than the Jets. You know, and even if the game is relatively close, because both of the first two games have been fairly close at half time. I think they both featured a fairly long drive from the Broncos' offense just before half time. Um, to put some points on the board. So, you know, maybe it's the same or maybe it'll be slightly different. Ultimately, the Broncos win this game probably by between 10 and 17 points. It will be a massive shock if it were to be any different. And it, it, it really shouldn't be. Uh, you know, Tom McMahon, as Colin is, is a long-term fan of his, um, 
you know, it would take a, a unbelievable breakdown of historic proportions for the Jets to even get close to beating the Broncos. That's the one. The thing about that is as well, you know, Josie Jewell is out, which means somebody else has to fill in his position on special teams. It's the injuries are the ones that then somebody else needs to be brought in for depth. And that person then sometimes gets put onto special teams. They not be up to speed. So they're the things you need to worry about. Um, but no, the offense looks strong. The defense looks particularly, you know, difficult for, for any quarterback at the moment, never mind a rookie. This game will be straightforward. This will be probably the most straightforward game we have for the rest of the season. Colin will tell you, I was saying at the start of the show about, you know, the meetup we were at didn't have the Broncos game on last week. Colin, the main game it had on was New England against New York at one point in the big screen. So we've seen a good bit of the Jets last week. I mean, Ian, let's go get some pads and get get in the field because we could start for for the New York Jets. They are woeful. And I said that seeing... on, I said that on Twitter the other night, Mick. I'm, I think you may have responded that I reckon both yourself and Colm could line out for a couple of plays <laughs> get, uh, on offense against the Jets, and I reckon you could get some yardage. I really do. So you know, I stand by that. Yeah, I could probably I, play tight end for the Jets. I mean, they they are horrible on offense. I I think I think the only team worse on offense in terms of points per game right now is is the Dolphins. So I it, it's going to be a long season for the Jets, especially offensively. I just I'm, I'm looking at a guy like Zach Wilson, and I'm thinking, you know, he's not ready. I don't. I, I, I wonder, and Ian, you might know this. Um, I think you might be a stats man. When was the last time the teams that picked one and two in the draft picked one and two the following season? Because I think there's every likelihood that both the Jets and the Jags could be picking in the top two again, or, you know, top three, because they're catastrophically bad, both of them. Um, usually you get a bump by, <laughs> by drafting a really talented young quarterback. They're gonna, they look like they're going to kill these <laughs> talented quarterbacks. I, I, I think don't know that, when, it, when it might be, but it, to me, I would be surprised if these guys were picking anything outside of five. I Off the top of my head, I don't know, but if you look back at the history, so the teams that went quarterbacks, one, two, two that come to mind are the Colts and the Chargers when they went uh, Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf, and then, uh, uh, what was it? I think it was the... Um, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. So it would have been uh, Tampa Bay, Tennessee. Um, I, I, I do agree. I don't think both those teams are going to be in a point where they're going to be winning much. So um, we'll see what happens with with the Jets after this. I, I do think that it's important to, to continue this winning streak heading into Baltimore because uh, – Everyone knows that's going to be uh, the the biggest test so far this this season for this Broncos team to find out if they are legit and for and for real. Yes, sir. Look, I'm going to pick the Broncos this week. There's there's no excuses. We we have we have to win this game. I I don't know how we should go for it if we do get out to an early lead, um, but it it'll be interesting to see how this team attacks, especially if they go maybe seven or 14 up earlier you know early in the second or third quarter but i think we should win this game comfortably it should be a bigger margin than, than game one or game two uh, and i'm hoping that brandon mcmanus will hit five field goals i'm actually hoping he doesn't because that means that teddy hasn't done that and i'm sure he will and there'll be about 15 passing touchdowns no look i mean it, it's all for week four this is almost like a training game lad seriously for week four we have to go out take it professionally get the win please god and we'll, we'll all light the candle over here and 
Stewart's just reminded me that two of those teams, the Jaguars and the Jets, are London bound. Is that Stuart what we are subjected to? I'm going to those games in two weeks. Um final points, Colin. Any final points on this week's show? I think just that it's good that we're doing oh it's good that Teddy is playing the way he is, because if you look at our division, and if you look at the top five league leaders in passing yards, Derek Carr is number one, Patrick Mahomes is number three, and Justin Herbert is number four. We are in a ridiculously like difficult division ridiculously talented um qbs uh, they they I, I know car is saying that like oh i i've always kind of i'm not playing any different than than i used to and i've always taken Detroit. no he's he, look he, he's playing different to how, how he did and and hopefully the the wheels come off that that raiders train uh sooner rather than later but they have looked impressive uh early on and I think other than the the Chargers, the penalties, like 12 penalties for 100 yards, two touchdowns ruled out, and the, the refs saying that it's a sack when it clearly wasn't. Um, look, it's, it, we're, we're in an interesting division. We're going 3-0, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be in the mix at that point, which at the end of September is really all you can ask for. Stuart? Yeah, I'd uh, I'd just like to see us run the ball a little bit more efficiently. I think Javante Williams is due to he's been really close to 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 breaking for a long one. I think he'll do it at the weekend, and I think he's he's extremely important. Um, Ian touched on it earlier on. The Chiefs have shown a rare weakness, um, particularly on defense, where they're they're dreadful against the run. So in some ways, I think we should should now almost be preparing for, for, for that for later on. That's the way you, we, we, we've got to keep that offense off the field as much as you can. You do that by running the ball efficiently. Um, I mean, Javante was my pick for, for breakout star at the start of the season. I think he's been close. I think you can see flashes. He's very difficult to tackle. So I, I, I can see him having a big game. I think it'll be this weekend. I think he'll go for at least a touchdown, if not two. And I think he'll go over 100 yards. Got Ian. Yeah, I would too. I, I one thing that I think is going to happen is if the Broncos win the coin toss, I think they're going to defer. Hopefully, that would mean Zach Wilson starting from the north part of the stadium to head to the south end zone because that's the loudest part of the stadium now. And I, I think you'll see the defense fired up. the The crowd will be incredibly, incredibly raucous, bringing the Rocky Mountain Thunder. And I think they'll force a three and out, if not get a defensive touchdown to start the game. If they don't get the defensive touchdown, you're going to see them hopefully get good field position. And I think Teddy Bridgewater will start the the, the game off with a, a touchdown drive and the route will be on, so to speak. And literally, as we, as we record this, the Broncos have placed Bradley Chubb on IR. Oh. But the good news is it's, the the search the surgery went as Tom Pelissaro from NFL Network said. Best case scenario is that it was a, a really non invasive procedure on his ankle, so should be back in six to eight weeks. Still not ideal, but it's not not as bad as it could have been. If you tell me now, uh, Ian, that we're sitting in eight weeks and and we're sitting maybe uh, seven and three, 
It's Bradley Shoko. I'm joking. I, look, I'll take it. I'll take it and run right now, lads. Hey, look here. I I gotta bounce, boys. But I'm looking forward to this game at the weekend. Can I just first of all, Ian, th- thanks very much for coming on, man. Obviously, check out all of Ian's stuff on Mile High Report. And also, Ian, I don't think I got it right the first time. Colorado play, yeah. Uh, that's that's the Twitter handle. It's playcolorado.com. So you can everyone can check out the Broncos betting page that has all the information that you need to know on the latest odds. Uh, the schedule has the opening spread, the current spread, the money line over under for all the games, especially if the books have it up. I find it interesting that none of the books have the lines for the Steelers or Raiders because they're waiting to see what's going on with those two teams and the Broncos. Um, and then my preview at playcolorado.com against the Jets. Awesome, man. Can I just, uh, sorry, my good friend who's a big fan of, of Adam and Ian's podcast. Um, he was 50 during the week. I just want to give a shout out to a, for, to a Denver Broncos fan since 1985, along with myself, Connor, who listens to this. But I think he kind of prefers Adam and Ian's podcast and sort of listens to this out of politeness. So that's just a shout out to my old mate, Connor. So hopefully get a victory for his birthday week. Well, mile high salute to Connor. <laughs> also, I'll just say before I go, um, obviously go Team Europe this weekend. We don't hit the USA, gentlemen, but uh, we're hoping the Europeans can can bring it home in the golf, which is on at the same time, Colin, as the NFL. Do you want to lead us out of the podcast, Colin? Just it's nice to be heading into week three with, such confidence it hasn't uh, been that way for a little while and hopefully we are chatting at the same time next week kind of talking about uh, a Ravens game but sitting at 3-0 so we'll leave it there for now go Broncos